Tired of your struggle with sin? Take heart. It's not going to be forever. We have a hope to look forward to, as we'll see next. From Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi there. Welcome to our program today. We're back in Romans chapter 8, focusing in on verses 17 through 27. It's here the Apostle Paul talks to us about the groans that precede glory. It's all part of our series called Life in the Spirit, taken from the book of Romans. I'll tell you how to obtain a copy at the close of our program today. But for now... Let's catch up with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard, for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. The Spirit helps us in a, it is a beautiful word, soon anti labano, two prepositions and a verb. Soon with, anti instead of, labano to carry. The word meant to come alongside and bear a burden. And he says, God, in this present part of our journey, has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. Someone to help carry the load. Remarkable. This help. And what is the weakness? Well, first of all, I think it speaks of your human frailty. You don't need to be alive long to finally say, I got a lot of weakness. Now, if you're Rambo Jr., it'll take you longer, but you'll get there. You'll get there. When youthful energy uh, gives way, I tell young men, watch when you're lifting something. You won't always have a good bath. They don't realize that until they talk to me later. I've been humbled by an injury. I've slowed down. I don't, I don't think as quick. I don't move as quick. And he says, the Spirit helps our weakness. No strength situation. We just have no strength to cope with everything in a fallen world that can happen to us in a day. And he says, the Spirit himself will come alongside and help you carry the burden. And the word for comforter that we get in John was a word called alongside of to give aid. Parakaleo, we call him the paraclete. Called alongside to give assistance. And here it's a stronger composition of a word. I will come and help bear the burden burden-bearing God. He told Israel, your idols you carry, your idols you nail down, your idols you put them on oxen carts. He said in Isaiah 46, you put Dagon on a cart. You put Baal. You're always trying to prop up your God. And then he says, but oh Israel, I'm different than all the false religions you're into for I carry you, I carry my people. You will never have to prop up your God. But he's constantly propping us up, holding on. He takes hold of us in our weakness. 
Aren't you amazed at some of the folks God seems to be stuck with? Weak, sick, uh, inadequate, nothing attractive about, always in a situation. I think of the New Testament. Not many wise, not many noble, not many impressive people. If you hang out with God's people for a long time, there's a whole lot of us not too impressive. And yet, to be able to uh, have God issue divine help to us in the person of the Spirit, that's the reason you haven't gone under yet. You're not that good a swimmer but you've been having help that you may not even realize. It's been the Spirit getting us through. And notice what he says. Part of our weakness is we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I heard a country song a while back that said, when I went to my high school reunion, I thanked God for unanswered prayer. I've been praying God to give that girl to me. When I went there, I said, whoa, thank God he didn't answer that. <laughs> That's just what I did not need. Aren't you glad for the prayers you prayed he didn't answer? Go to your class reunion and you'll thank it over again. I took uh, Carolyn to one of her class reunions. It's over at Boundary Oaks. I went there. I went into this one room. Everybody looked gray, overweight, and geriatric. I said, this can't be it. I went to the next one. They said, no, the reunion's over there. Don't go back to your class reunion. It's real depressing. Real Real depressing. And Carol and I looked at each other and said, we don't look that old, do we? I said, not on your life, honey. <laughs> no, good way to ruin a marriage is to agree. No, 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 you look good. We have been well preserved. And the church said, amen. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Have you ever been there? think it's a part of our weakness. It's not that you don't know how to pray. He's not saying that. You don't know what to pray for. You don't know the, what should I ask? Uh, what's the answer? Uh, it's James. You've been beset with life's problems and you're confused. And the word means you've been ambushed. And uh, if you've ever uh, tried to box or anything, if you've ever been hit good, let me tell you, uh, I admire everybody that decides to keep standing and take another punch because you're, you're dazed. What do I do? What do I, and life will daze you, and God knows that. In your present weakness, God knows he's dealing with someone that half your prayers are confusing. You don't know what to ask. That's what he said. We don't know what to pray for. Now, it doesn't say don't pray. We're told to pray all over the Bible, aren't we? So God's saying, pray, stupid. Not, not quite. No, he's just saying pray. But here he's saying, I know in this present groaning process, in this present part of the journey, when you're hoping for what's to come, when you haven't got a glorified body yet, 
when, when perspectives can be skewed, you need supernatural help, and I've provided it for you, and this is why I know you don't know what to ask for. I used to think of my early Christian, I always knew what to pray for. It seemed like a part of my Christian growth is a growing ignorance of things I don't know what to ask. I'm simply uh, dumbfounded. I don't know what the answer is. Do something, God, but I can't tell you what to do because I don't know what to do. I don't know how to unravel it. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Amazing. Now, there's been a lot of debate over this groaning here. Some uh, think it's tongues. Well, the reason I don't think it's tongues is 1 Corinthians 12 said not everybody speaks in tongues. And this seems to be universal. All Christians experience this. Every believer. So you'll hear some people say, well, I'm, I'm praying in tongues. And they'll use 1 Corinthians 14. And th they'll use that. Um, Others will say, who's doing the groaning? Men like D. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, the spirit doesn't groan. He's an intelligent being. The spirit can't groan. That, that seems to be an insult. The word here for groan is not to say a thing. It's an unutterable sound, aletas, to say nothing. So it's like a sigh. It's like a, uh, an emotion, uh, hands over the mouth, ah, it's not words. That's why God the Father reads the mind of the Spirit, not the words of the Spirit. The Spirit isn't saying anything that you could hear, you and I. But inside of us, when we're in those situations, the Holy Spirit, whether you know it or not, he starts making requests to the Father for us without us hearing the sound and he doesn't even have to make a sound to the Father. He only has to thank it. He only has to have a divine intention. And the Father who searches our hearts, he looks down and he's searching us and he knows our weakness and our circumstance and what's going on. But then he said, oh, I put the Holy Spirit in that boy. And he looks to the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit intending for him? Gary Friesen wrote a terrific book years ago, Decision-Making in the Will of God. It was his doctor's dissertation from Dallas. Great treatment on the will of God. And Pastor Rollins uses it a lot. And uh, it is in discerning the will of God, he knocked a lot of nonsense out of how do I know the will of God. And he reduced it this way. He said, the moral will of God, right or wrong. Uh, you never have to pray, should I steal this car? Is it God's will? Because God's spoken. There's a moral absolute, okay? Uh, should I have sex with my girlfriend? No. 1 Corinthians 6, we don't sleep with people outside of marriage. God's spoken clearly. Today, most folks think he stuttered. He didn't stutter. He spoke. It's clear. Well, you know, well, man, you got to catch up to date. Did you know what? God's been saying that for over 2,000 years. Judaism has said it. And even the Muslim world, ever since Muhammad, has said it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage. Why don't you get it? 
It's nothing new. Oh, you, you got to get current. We're, not, we're never current. We're eternal. We're not current. We're eternal. Eternally right. You heard about that woman. She's praying for a, a husband. And her problem was she was looking for Mr. Right. But when she married him, she found out his first name was always. And so you want to be sure you know how to pray. You want to be sure you know how to pray. Know how to pray. Mary, Mr. Always Right. That's real scary, isn't it? Well, the will of God absolutes right, wrong. We don't have to pray about it. We just need God's strength to do it. Then Gary took it says, when we come to things of what kind of car to buy, maybe the right person to marry. Let's say there's three Christian gals at one time in your life, and you say, I need wisdom. Which one's the, who is? They're all Christians. They're all pretty, whatever. I need a divine. How do I figure that out? And he said, follow the path of wisdom. And that is basically see how much money they make. No, it's, you know, it's make a wise decision. Uh, use wisdom. If it's not right or wrong, what's a wise decision? But now this right here, this is a unrevealed will of God and the path of wisdom's not there. You just don't know. You don't know this. And I'll take on Gary in this area, on this one point. The Spirit's doing something here that supersedes the thesis of right or wrong I don't need to pray. I don't need the Spirit interceding for me over right or wrong, except just to do it. It's not a matter of ignorance. I just got to do it. It's not a matter of the path of wisdom. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm weak. I'm confused. I am ignorant about it. And instead of him saying, well, you dummy, it's going to cost you everything, he said, I've provided you help. I've provided someone that knows how to ask the Father for what you need in every confusing situation in life. And he will take up the burden and the slack. And I, I want to ask you this question. Now, I want a, a congregational response. Pray about it before you answer. Don't raise your hand just to do it. There's no free door prize for this. Think it through now. It's not just rhetorical. Don't raise your hand if you can't. If you don't mean it, okay? We'll break your arm. No. Think through this question. Have you ever been given a divine answer over something you never asked for? Have you ever been given anything that you didn't have the wisdom to ever ask for before you got it? Oh, yeah. You think, why? And, you know, I'll, People do like this sometimes. You'll get something like this. Well, I've been praying for that. And then you think, well, I just told a lie. I haven't been praying for that. I didn't know any better to pray for that. Did you know what? The Holy Spirit's got an active prayer life in you, for you. And us dummies are getting through. Us dumb sheep are getting through so many dangers, trials, toils, mistaken judgments, mistaken paths, mistaken doctrines, mistaken choices. And all of a sudden, when you land on the other side of it and everybody are saying you're a genius, you said, how did I land here? You've been living on divine help. Divine help. I think of my cousin who was knocked off a steel at 40 stories high. 
as they brought the steel to him to connect it. The operator brought the beam so it hit him and it knocked him off. And he's plunging to his death. There just happened to be another iron worker there that just grabbed his tool belt and held him until the men rescued him. He had help he never knew he would need. There's been a lot of things in life designed to destroy you that never has because of the helper. The helper was there. He was praying. He was intervening. He was watching over. And then I love this prayer. Look at this relationship between the Father and the Spirit. And he who searches our hearts, the Father, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will, and he knows exactly what we need. He has no ignorance. He's not confused. You know, it's a wonderful thing to me to know I have one up there in the glory interceding over all the sin issues in my life. He's interceding and he's pleading his blood there as he intercedes for me to complete my salvation. And I've got a helper inside me saying, oh, Lord, I'm confused. I don't know which way to go. And child of God, you know why you will make the final port of glory someday? Your helper will get you there. The helper will get you there. You can't succeed in the Christian life without this divine help. A preacher in recent days lost his ministry due to sin. As I talked to a fellow pastor about his situation and what we could do to help him and to restore him, I says, tell me that we won't form a stoning committee. We won't stone him, will we? And this other pastor said a line I love. He said, well, when you've come so near to stepping on as many banana peelings as me, I don't have any energy to form stoning committees. It's why you've got to see around you these fellow believers in this room. We're all beset with divers, temptations, and trips. And we don't need to be critical of each other or hope you fall. Or be, no, why don't we imitate the Spirit and try to help all we can? I want to read you something, thinking about going to glory, that uh, C.S. Lewis gave a great lecture called The Weight of Glory at Oxford. And he said this about us going to heaven. The load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship or else a horror and corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations, heaven or hell. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities, it is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them, 
that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors are everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play. But our merriment must be that of the kind which exists between people who have from the outside or outset taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. And our charity must be a real and costly love with deep feeling for the sins in spite of which we love the sinner. Your neighbor is the holiest thing you will ever come in contact with in this life except the blessed sacrament. If he is your Christian neighbor, he is holy in almost the same way for Christ lives in him, the glorifier and the glorified. I want you to imagine with me what Lewis is saying, the weight of glory, what each of you will look like a hundred years from now. You'll be in heaven or hell. And so if you're full of adulation and people are at your feet and you wound up in hell, they would be shocked and aghast how what the corruption would be like. But the weakest among you with all your frailties, with all your weakness, with all your hang-ups, with all your sickness, just wait a hundred years from now what you're going to look like. You're going to be glorified. You're going to be just like Christ. And he's going to change your vile body into a body that will be glorious just like his. Just wait, hope, and depend on the Spirit's help. Our Father... Thank you for your divine help. Thank you for hope. Thank you that we've got a future, a great, wonderful, glorious future. It could start today if we should die. It could start tomorrow if we die. It could start 100 years from now. But it will get better, better, so that those on our block that think we're even crazy Christians or can't figure us out on the job, oh, if they can only see where we'll be living a hundred years from now. All because we put faith in Christ, we've been promised glory, even if we have to suffer a little bit in the meantime. Give us your help and the hope to continue. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series taken from the book of Romans here in chapter 8 called Life in the Spirit. As we close out our program, we would remind you that copies of the program are available when you mention the date of the broadcast you're interested in. You can also, for a gift of $15 or more, take advantage of the series today's message was taken from. Ask for it by name, Life in the Spirit. And again, for a gift of $15 or more, we'll send it your way. 
One other option is to obtain the entire eight-set series out of Romans for a gift of $100 or more. Now, bear in mind, this is 47 sermons altogether. It's the entire book of Romans, start to finish. And again, for a gift of $100 or more, we'll send it your way. And please remember that as you do gift these amounts, it goes back to the radio program. It helps us continue the ministry here on this radio station. In fact, we would love to hear from you if you have a prayerful interest in becoming a TFT sustainer, which will also include a quarterly newsletter. Take a break with Pastor Phil, which is our weekly devotional video and a once a year special gift. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. We just look for regular faithful givers that we might continue the ministry of the gospel here with Truth For Today on this radio station. Would you prayerfully consider that as you contact us? Here's how to reach us. 855-833-9864. That's our phone number. Again, toll free, 855-833-9864. If you'd rather write to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Also, stop by our website, valleybible.org. You'll learn a lot about us, who we are, and what we believe. In fact, if you'd like to join us for worship, you're in the Bay Area. Plan on visiting. Service times are at 9 and 11. Directions and more information again at valleybible.org. You can also find us on Facebook. All you need to do is get to the Google search in Facebook and look for Truth For Today Radio. And there we are. Please like the page and keep up to date with all that's happening here at Truth For Today. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Phil Howard.